Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... The resurrection, the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, the offer of forgiveness of sins and eternal life is for everyone. It is for the world. Now, it is very important that all of us realize that the Christian faith, and this may be news to you, I understand that, that the Christian faith hinges on the resurrection of Jesus Christ absolutely positively hinges on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Happy Easter. Easter is the holiday we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Is it important to believe in the resurrection? And if yes, why? Maybe you're skeptical. Did you know even one of Jesus' apostles was? Today on Changed by Love, Pastor Jim explores this and more in part one of a message from the Gospel of John entitled, Believing Thomas. Well, there are certain things that just do not happen every day. One of them is dead people do not rise from the dead. Now, I don't want you to confuse a resurrection with a resuscitation. That might happen every day. Some of you moms, I don't want to confuse it with getting your kids out of bed for school. That does happen, but that is not a resurrection. Perhaps even trying to get a teenager up on a Saturday to cut the lawn or something like that. This week, the Christian faith, whose founder claimed to be God, remembers that it's really the most important week of the Christian faith. We remember what we call Good Friday, the day that Jesus died on the cross. Today, Easter, as we remember the day that he rose from the dead and walked out of the tomb where he was buried. Jesus and the apostles taught that if you're going to call yourself a Christian, and probably more importantly for a lot of our thinking is that if heaven is going to call you a Christian because their opinion is the one that matters, you must believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now, you say, I'm not so sure that's true. Well, let me read from the Apostle Paul, Romans 10:9, that if you confess with your mouth, remember there's the word if there, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So a condition that God has of the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, in other words, how to get to heaven, is that you believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that God raised him from the dead. Yes, to go to heaven, the Christian faith teaches that you have to accept that God has gone beyond the bounds of rationality, that God himself became a man, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, and then ascended into heaven. Now, many people, even those who might call themselves Christians, just don't care to think about it. Others say that, well, I'll believe if I can get some evidence. Well, the Bible makes the claim that just the wonders of creation, the existence of your conscience, and what you know about the Lord Jesus Christ would be enough evidence for anyone to believe. Now, I have noticed, because I like to kind of survey people and talk to people, I've noticed that for most people, the issue is not the evidence. 
For most people, the evidence is what we would call their presuppositions. They pre or beforehand, they suppose they have an idea. They're, the assumption is that they've made some assumptions ahead of time. In other words, a lot of people, their mind is already made up and they don't want to discuss the issue. Most people seem to base their belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ independent of evidence, independent of the reliability of the New Testament documents, and I would include a lot of people in that broad range, all the way from Christians to atheists. Now, sometimes people say to me, well, what's your opinion of atheists? And I'll always say, well, you know what? At least they believe something. <laughs> a lot of people are just walking around and haven't given thoughts to anything beyond, you know, the end of the day. And if you're here today and you would say to me that you believe the Bible is the word of God. You know, in your church, when they say, this is the word of the Lord, you go, thanks be to God. Or people say, do you believe this is the word of God? If you say that, then you have to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Because if you don't believe Jesus rose from the dead, then the Bible can't be true and stop telling people that you believe the Bible is true. So you'll just say, well, I'm not so sure that it's true. If you believe that the Bible is reliable, specifically the New Testament, if you believe that the New Testament is reliable, if you believe the testimony of the apostles, if you believe that St. Peter and St. John told the truth, St. Paul told the truth, then you would have to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. If you don't believe any of this, welcome. I'm glad you're here today. I have less of an ax to grind with you than people who say they believe the Bible but don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. The gospel, which means the good news, is a two-sided coin. On one side of the coin is what God has done in the person of Jesus Christ, coming to earth, living a perfect life in your place, dying a sinner's death on your place, rising from the dead, ascending to heaven, and then says, if you will put your trust in him, you will have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. So that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is your response to what God has done in the person of Jesus Christ. So jump down with me here in John chapter 20 to verse 30. And I want to read verse 30 and verse 31. It says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, in the presence of his followers, in the presence of the apostles, his really close-knit group of people, the select group of 12. And he did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe. To believe in the Bible is not just something that's in your head. It is a wholehearted trust that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life. When the Bible talks about life specifically, the Apostle John and his gospel, it's talking about eternal life, that you may have eternal life in his name. So today we're going to spend a little bit of time with an apostle, one of the apostles, and his name is Thomas. Have any of you ever heard of Thomas? A lot of people call him... Doubting Thomas. Of course, we know the bad parts of the Bible. Yes, we do. And so the title of our message today is Believing Thomas. Believing Thomas. Let's set the scene. Here in our text, Jesus has recently died on the cross, risen from the dead, appeared to the other apostles who were young men, but not Thomas. He wasn't there when Jesus appeared. 
And Thomas does not believe. Why? Well, we could sit here all morning and talk about all the different reasons why perhaps Thomas has not believed. For one, the Romans crucified Jesus on the cross, and there is no secular records of anybody having ever survived a crucifixion. Even if at the end of the, you know, when they're about to punch the clock out, when they were about to be done, if people were not dead already on the cross, they would just break their legs so they couldn't prop themselves up and breathe, and then in a very short matter of time, they would suffocate themselves. And so they were experts at killing people, at what they did. You said, why would they do such a brutal thing? So let's say I was uh, living in uh, you know, Jerusalem area at the time. I would, I would take my boys, and I would say, that's what happens when you rebel against Caesar. Do you want that to happen to you? then you better not do that. And so they made it a public execution, a public showing they were very, very good at it. Another reason why Thomas might not believe is, well, I just said it at the introduction, people just don't rise from the dead. It's just not something that seems to happen on a regular basis. What about today? People might not think about it that much in depth. I think for a lot of people, they maybe believed, maybe they were raised believing, did never really embraced it. But what happens to a lot of people? I think for a lot of people, Christian or not, there's just the pressures of life. And a series of small steps just get them further and further and further away from God and before they know it, they are way far away. Another thing that happens with a lot of people is that they want to lead a certain lifestyle. That would probably be more my case before I became a Christian or God came to me. We'll talk about that in a second. And so the lifestyle that they want to lead, just they just think, well, God doesn't want me to lead that lifestyle, so I'm going to go do my own thing, and then I don't have to worry about God, although some of you know that he tends to be I don't want to use the word annoying, but it does appear annoying at times, is he just sort of is like, every time you turn around, you're like, what is this? You know, you, you go to get gas station and, you know, everybody else is like, here's your card, here's your card, here's your card. They come to you and they're like, well, God bless you. Have a good day. And you're like, what is this? I don't get that. I would say also that probably Thomas was hurt. You know, he just lost a very close friend. He lost someone that he had really seen himself with in the future, and some of you know the pain of such loss. Thomas was disappointed in the way life was going. You know, just everything just seemed to be going okay for a while. Maybe there was a little bit of peace, and then everything just seemed to unwind all at once. He was, I think, probably for a lot of us that were raised in sort of a religious system, probably crushed that people he was raised to think that he could trust, the religious leaders, had actually crucified his dear friend who wanted nothing more than people to follow God. And he was worried. He knew that the authorities were looking for him and them. They were hiding in a place called the upper room. He was fearful. He was just sad. You know, we've talked about it before. The old expression is, says that the same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. And it's very interesting that disappointment hardens some people's hearts to God while it draws others much closer to him. If you are hardened by disappointment, I have to say, I get it. If your heart is hardened to God by disappointment, I understand that. I'm not saying I understand how you feel, but I understand what it's like to say to God, uh, and this is a, a many a conversation I have with God. I had one with him Friday night on the way home. After a great 
Good Friday service, but talking with people afterwards, I was like, are you kidding me? The pain and the suffering that so many people are going through. And I'm like, come on, God. And I know that if it's not for the pain and suffering of this life, the promise and the reality of heaven will not be so sweet. But yet, you watch what others are going through, and you're just like, man, come on, God. And I understand that, but I know in those times in my life that eventually I will have to admit that Jesus came, that Jesus showed up. Well, verse 24 says, now Thomas called the twin one of the 12. Whenever you see the 12 in the Bible, that means the 12 apostles. But now they're down to 11 because Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus and hung himself. And it says that one of the, Thomas was not with him when Jesus came, and that would be when Jesus visited them in the upper room. How many of you have heard of the upper room? I was in a play in eighth grade called The Upper Room, and that was the beginning and the end of my acting career. <laughs> if you're wondering if God has a sense of humor, I played the part of Judas Iscariot. <laughs> <laughs> and I could just picture God saying to the angels, hey, I know it's been a long day. Come on over here and check this out. <laughs> it's funny, all right? Yeah, and like that will be Pastor Jim someday. And uh, so that was a good one. I wonder why I didn't go back into acting any further. The other disciples, verse 25, therefore said to him, and the verb tense is that they kept on telling him. It wasn't like, oh yeah, we happen to see Jesus in the upper room. They just kept on telling Thomas. And this is an important point of the Bible. The Bible calls us all to listen to the apostles. So, you know, I know a lot of people that they will say to me, you know, I know St. Peter was the first pope. And I'm like, well, then do you read his writing in the Bible? Well, I don't believe the Bible. And I'm like, you don't believe what the Pope says. So the Bible calls all of us to listen to the apostles, to remember what they said. And so they said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. So he, Thomas said to them, unless, so what does he have? He has conditions. I will have this discussion with you as long as God meets my conditions. He says, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. So Thomas is a skeptic, but again, at least he's honest. I would much rather talk with an honest skeptic than with someone who's just kind of phony and they're just like, well, of course I believe all that stuff. Now you just go away now. So he's a skeptic. And again, many people have many reasons for not wanting to listen to the apostles, for not wanting to believe in Jesus. And I understand that. I'm not devaluing those whatsoever, but I am talking to you about thinking maybe we have to challenge our own personal selves and how did we arrive at the position we currently have concerning Jesus. And so Thomas demands physical evidence from Jesus. Now, his friends, his co-workers, they said, we saw Jesus, we saw him. And for Thomas, it doesn't matter. Thomas is stubbornly clinging to his own opinion. And he says, I want some proof. Now, say what you will about the proof of Jesus rising from the dead, but 
you, history is crystal clear that the apostles believed that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. They died, some, most of them except for one really, died as martyrs as far as we know for their faith. They were all thrown into jail from their faith for their belief in the resurrection. And they all said, we saw him. All they had to do to get out of it was, it was a lie. It was a lie, it wasn't true. We didn't see him. And so all they had to do was get, put them all in separate rooms, put them under a lamp, you know, like they do on TV and goes, you know, your other nine friends gave you up. <laughs> this is your chance to save your throat. What about your family? But not one of them gave into it because they said, no, we saw them. Seems to me that Thomas has to learn that we don't have to see the risen Christ to believe in him. We don't have to have been witnesses to what we call the incarnation, which is God becoming a man and the resurrection. The resurrection is not for just a few apostles in an upper room. It's not just for a bunch of decent people who dress up on Easter Sunday morning and go to church. The resurrection is not just for a bunch of naive people who think, well, I'll just believe in that because it makes me feel good. It's not just for a bunch of really nasty bigoted people at a church who think they're better than everybody else. No, the resurrection, the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, the offer of forgiveness of sins and eternal life is for everyone. It is for the world. Now, it is very important that all of us realize that the Christian faith, and this may be news to you, I understand that, that the Christian faith hinges on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, absolutely positively hinges on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ was killed by able assassins, able death warriors, the Romans, put into a grave, guarded by the Roman people, very simple way by the Roman guards, simple way from letting the body snatchers come. If the body's gone, we kill you. That would be incentive. <laughs> Imagine telling your wife, oh, I'm on graveyard duty. She's like, oh, Lord, please. <laughs> right? I don't, want, don't let the prisoner escape. Don't let the body get escaped by the body snatchers. Christian faith hinges on the fact that Jesus Christ walked out of that tomb on that first Easter morning in a resurrected body, an actual physical body that rose from the dead and will tell us a lot about the actual physical body that we are going to have, those of us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ. In 1987, Peter Cranley, a very well-known Anglican Archbishop of Perth, Australia was asked this question, I believe on public television, how would you feel if it was disproved that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? Well, if it was proved that it was false? And the archbishop famously said, it wouldn't matter to me because he rose from the dead in my heart. And as long as he rose from the dead in your heart, that's all that really matters. My dear friend, that is rubbish and I'm being kind, because I don't want to make them have to edit the recording. <laughs> just as rubbishy, is that a word? I just made up a word. <laughs> we'll blame it on the Australians. It's a word they use. Just as rubbishy 
is focusing primarily on the teaching of Jesus Christ only. People go, well, I just believe in the teaching of Jesus, nothing else. All right, let me give you a couple samples here. Love your enemy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Turn the other cheek. Somebody smacks you. Hey, have a shot at this one. <laughs> I don't think that's what most people are out there really doing. The truth is, making it about or only focusing on Jesus' teaching while becoming a reverent agnostic on the resurrection is a completely empty faith. Now you say, Pastor Jim, you've just crossed the line. That's my red line. You just telling people that they have an empty faith, who or what in the world gives you any right to say such a thing? Well, I learned it from one of my mentors, so I'll blame him. The Apostle Paul said this to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 14. He wrote this, and it was a messed up church after Jesus had risen from the dead and ascended. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? It's like, what are you doing? You know, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> But if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Basically, we're lying to you. And your faith also empty. So I'm not saying it's empty. The apostle is saying it's empty. Some of your versions say your faith is useless. Some of your versions say your faith is in vain. I would like to say we are completely wasting our time. Oh, but it's a nice thing to go to church on Sunday morning. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we should all be sleeping. Except for you ladies who want to get stuff, everything ready for whatever holiday. It wouldn't be a holiday. Right? It's a waste of time. Let's continue with Thomas, verse 26. And after eight days, now they count the days differently, so it would be the following Sunday, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. And if you got your own Bible, circle those two words, Jesus came. Thomas is doubting. Jesus is like, okay, we'll do this. We'll do this. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst. So Jesus just appeared and said, Thomas, how many times did I have to tell you I was going to die on the cross and be raised from the dead? Because he told the apostles that all over. It's always funny, the apostles' editorials at the end, when they're writing, they're like, but we didn't understand what he was talking about. I mean, we're like, that's pretty clear. I'm going to go, and they're going to kill me, and I'm going to rise from the dead. And they're like, what's he talking about? They didn't understand that. Thomas, you were not listening. You were not listening. You were at the bottom of the class. That's why you weren't here. Or did he go, Thomas, you are just one big problem. You know, I prayed for the apostles, and then I met you guys, and I was like, God, are you kidding me? This is how you answer my prayers? And you were the worst of the bunch, Thomas. In fact, Thomas, we're going to call you from the rest of your life Doubting Thomas. That's going to be the name that I'm going to give you. Nope, not at all. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says to him, peace to you. Shalom. Peace to you. Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, <laughs> somebody's been listening. <laughs> Jesus has been listening to what they're saying. Shh, he's here. Don't whisper to the person next to you. When's this guy going to be done? Jesus is listening. 
Basically, he says to Thomas, Thomas, I want you to doubt your doubts just for a second. He says to him, reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving. Get out of your state of unbelief. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is central to the beliefs of every Christian. And Easter is the time we get to celebrate this momentous event. We're so glad you tuned in today to hear Pastor Jim Kevney's message from Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope you've discovered something new about who Jesus was and how his life still has an impact on yours today. Do you have questions about what being a follower of Jesus is all about? We'd love to talk with you, and we'll do our best to answer all of your questions. Give us a call at 973-659-3380. If you prefer email, feel free to send us one to info at changedbyloveradio.com. If you're in the Dover area, we'd be thrilled to have you come join us for our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Morris Hills meets Sundays and Wednesdays to spend time getting to know each other and learning more about God by studying the Bible. Come shake hands with Pastor Jim and grab a cup of coffee and let us know how you heard about Changed by Love. Find out more about our community and get service times by giving us a call. That number one more time is 973-659-3380. Thanks for taking the time to tune in today to Changed by Love. We're so happy you're part of our listening audience, and we're praying for you with every broadcast. Join us again to keep learning from the pages of the Bible with Pastor Jim, right here on Changed by Love.